How many want the blessings of God these days? I want the blessings of God on my life and on my family. Do you want the blessings of God on your life and your family? I do. I want the good hand of the Lord on my family and on my life. And I believe you do as well. But I want to talk today and share with you today the good hand of the Lord. Yes, the blessings of the Lord. And uh, speaking of that, I visited one of our dear men, 95 years old. And Malcolm, it's good to see you back with us too. God bless you. And been praying for you, by the way. And anyway, one of our dear men, 95 years young. And you know, I went to see uh, him. And as I got there, I said, how you been doing? He said, well, I've been in the hospital. I knew he'd been in the hospital for two solid months. Two months, Brother Bud. And then he had been in rehab for two weeks. 95 years young. Y'all know who I'm talking about? I don't know that you know who I'm talking about, do you? Claude McGee. Brother Claude McGee. Uh, what a blessing. What a blessing. He stood up. He shook my hand. He's on oxygen now. And he said this. He said, Brother Randy, God has been good to me. I said, yes, sir. He's been good to me as well. I said, Brother Claude, how do you feel when you get up every morning? He said, surprised, <laughs> all right, <laughs> 95 years young. He said, the fact is, at 95, I'm glad to see anybody at this age, you know. And I said, Brother Claude, we love you, brother. And it reminded me of the young man that was 95. And um, I say, young man, the uh, doctor was walking down the street one day, and he saw this patient of his, 95. Well. The 95-year-old man had a 25-year-old chick hanging on his arm. The doctor couldn't believe his eyes. His doctor, the doctor went up to him and said, Man, what are you doing? The older man, 95, looked at him and said, Well, you told me to be cheerful and go get a hot mama. The doctor said, I didn't say that. I told you to be careful because you got a heart murmur. <laughs> and there's a difference, all right? Maybe he needed to check his hearing instead of uh, that. But anyway, uh, it was a joy to be with Brother Claude and uh, with our dear uh, friends. Continue to pray for him, please. The good hand of the Lord. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Ezra. I've been praying over today's message, and I think God is going to encourage you today and yet challenge you. We're going in the book of Ezra today. Now, believe you me, it's in there, and probably I'm going to ask you some questions as you're finding the book of Ezra. Who was Ezra? What did Ezra do? How did uh, this relate to you and me, this book of Ezra? Do you know anything about Ezra? What do you know about Ezra? When did he write? When did he die? How old was Ezra? What was going on during the time of Ezra? There's a lot of things we're going to see and learn today and hopefully apply today as we look at this wonderful book called the book of Ezra. Now, as we get into the study of this particular topic, uh, it is the good hand of the Lord and the blessings for our families, the good hand of the Lord. Now, let me just tell you where we're going. I want to encourage you, there are two steps you can take. Are you ready? If you're ready, say amen. amen. I only heard two people say amen. Are you ready? Say amen if you're ready. Thank you. I want to engage you. Look, I've got a window of 30 minutes, 40 minutes to get your attention every week. And so I know it's a challenge. I know everybody's busy, but it's a really small window compared to 168 hours during the week. So I appreciate you listening, taking notes, and paying attention as you're here because God has a word for you. And I don't know about you, but I need the blessings of God on my life. And I want the blessings of God on my family. And I believe there's some of you here that you need desperately the blessings of the Lord on your family. And uh, you'd long to have the blessings of God. I'm not just talking about the sun shining. I'm not talking about just the rain falling. I'm talking about the extraordinary blessings of the Lord. How many of y'all want the extraordinary blessings of the Lord? All right, y'all that didn't raise your hand, I don't know about uh, where you're at. I'm telling you. God has some extra blessings, but wait a minute, time out. We got to get in line of what the Lord wants to do. We got to cooperate with the Lord. 
there are two steps you can take today that I think will all absolutely release the blessings of the Lord in your life and in and on your family. And here they are. We'll see them in a moment. Don't worry about them writing them down at the moment. You'll get them in a moment later. But number one, I want to ask you, will you run? Are you in? Will you run to Jesus? Run to him today. Not walk. Run to him today. Run. Stop running from him. Run to him. Will you run to Jesus today and put your life in uh, your life in his hands? Will you do that today? If you'll run to Jesus and put your life, you say, I do that. Did you? Did you do it today? Do you do it daily? I'm not talking about if you've been saved. I'm asking you, will you put your life in his hands today, now? All right, if you will, you'll see the blessings of the Lord on your life. Secondly, not only will you run to the Lord and put your life in his hands, but because of that, how many believe, listen, how many believe you and I owe our God a great debt of gratitude? We owe the Lord. I said we owe the Lord. He doesn't know us. We owe him. We are indebted to him. Please hear me. You know, we live in a world that says, you know, give me, give me, and it's all about me and, you know, what I deserve and what I can get. Uh, oh, we owe God. We owe him, Jesus Christ, everything. So, Ezra, find it, please. And let me, by the way, of introduction, share with you a couple of things about the good hand of the Lord. The good hand of the Lord. Say that with me. The good hand of the Lord. Say it one more time. The good hand of the Lord. That's biblical. That's why I'm asking you to say it. I want the good hand of the Lord, the blessings of the Lord on my life. Well, let's talk about Ezra before we get into the text. You're in the book of Ezra right now. Let me summarize because if you've got Ezra, uh, I want you to stand to your feet. Have you got the book of Ezra? Stand to your feet, would you? We're going to read chapter 8. I didn't tell you where to turn, but if you'll flip over to chapter 8, You'll see, and I'll fill in the blanks in a moment and tell you who Ezra was, where he was at, what was going on, and how this applies to us. Ezra was a scribe. He was a student of the Bible. He studied the Word of God, namely the Old Testament, the Torah, the writing of Moses. And he studied it. He taught it. Like many of you are teachers and Christians, and he made sense of what it was saying. And so we come to Ezra chapter 8. And I just want to jump right in to a couple of the verses that I want to share with you, and then we'll come back and tell you about this man who the good hand of the Lord was on him. Chapter 8, verse 21. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava, that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him a right way for us. And, notice, for our little ones. The word little ones is taft. T-A-F in the Hebrew. It means children. But wait a minute. He said, we're not only seeking the Lord for our children slash grandchildren. Look at the last part of verse number 21. And for all of our substance. And all of our substance. Say that with me. And for all of our substance. One more time. The word is rakush. The word means possession. We sought the Lord for our children, and we sought the Lord's blessings on our possessions, our material possessions, our substance. I think that's a great message for you and me today. No, we don't worship material blessings, but Ezra, interesting to note, sought the Lord for the blessings. <laughs> he didn't have cars back in those days and uh, houses like we do, but maybe he did uh, in, in some ways, uh, camels and such. But anyway, look at verse 22. For I was ashamed to require of the king. Why is Ezra saying he was ashamed? Well, good hand of the Lord was on him, but truth be known, he needed a little help. And uh, he says, I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way. Well, where's he at? Where's the enemy? Why does he need help? What's going on? Keep reading. And because we had spoken unto the king, what king is he talking about? Where is he at? What in the world's going on here? Who is this man? 
uh, what does this have to do with us today? Keep reading. And he said, for I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers, I'm reading verse 22, and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way, because we had spoken unto the king, saying, the hand of our God, the hand of our God. Would you underline that in your Bible? The hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him. But his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. Now skip over to verse 31. Then we departed, verse 31 reads, and by the way, Ezra not only was the author of this particular book, but probably First and Second Chronicles as well, written from a, a priestly or a scribe perspective. Notice, then we departed from the river Ahava on the twelfth day, verse 31 reads, of the first of the month. How long did it take them to get from point A to point B? Can I tell you how many miles it was? You ready? 530. They didn't have jets. They didn't have MARTA. How long did it take them to travel? 530 miles. How long do you think it took them? Four months. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Then we departed from the river Ahava on the 12th day of the first month to go where? To go to Jerusalem. 764 times the name Jerusalem is in the Bible. And... The hand of our God. Here it is again. The hand of our God. Say it with me. The hand of our God. Say it with me. The hand of our God. Do you really want the hand of God on your life? Amen. Do you really want the blessings of God on your life? Sure Absolutely. Well, what are you going to do in order to get the hand of God? You say, I don't need to do anything. Wrong. You do. You need to cooperate, and I need to yield to the hand of God on your life. Many of you... You're in church, but you're not yielded to the Lord. You yield to the flesh. You can yield to the flesh and live a fleshly carnal life without really the hand of God on your life. You do know that, don't you, as a Christian? You can. The choice is yours. And that's why God's saying, look, I'm thankful to God for his blessings, but uh, you got a choice today. You're going to live the fleshly life or the spirit-filled life. What are you going to do? Wait, keep reading. The hand of our God was upon us, and he delivered us from the hand of the enemy. Verse 31 reads, And of such as lay in wait by the way. Father, thank you for your good hand of blessing. And the church said, Amen. Oh God, wake us up, stir us up, stand us up, and give us great grace to recognize your blessings on our life. Lord, uh, we don't want to have something bad to happen to recognize how good you really are. But Lord, oftentimes that's what happens. We don't really acknowledge and wake up to the fact that it's your good hand of blessing on us until we don't have things and until something happens. So I pray in the name of Jesus for mercy today on all of us that we would recognize, would yield, would be happy in you, that we would, oh, blessed Jesus, put our hands, our uh, life, yea, in your hand. And today, I ask you to wash us thoroughly, me especially, from head to foot. Thank you, the blood of Jesus cleanses us of all sin. Now, Lord, you know the legacy. You know the offspring, the ancestral lineage that you have chosen for us. We ask for heaven's blessings. And Lord, realizing some of our beloved family may not be in a position to have the, your good hand on them, so we want to intercede for them and ask you, oh God, to use us in a great way to share Jesus and your forgiveness of sin with everybody we meet because time is running out, Father. Thank you for those that have gathered. I pray the good hand of the, you, Jesus, will be upon New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. And Lord, as we look back, we see the good hand of you on us, but it's no assurance it's going to be in the future until we seek you and love you and surrender to you because, Jesus, you are our very life. <laughs> and we need you, Lord. I need you, Father. I need your blessings. I pray there'll be such a desire and hunger and thirst in your people that you would get us out of our complacency, Lord, so many today and recognize the good hand of the Lord that's smiling on us, protecting us, blessing us, and keeping us, saving us, and providing for us. Hallelujah.
We pray it in Jesus' name for what you're up to as lives will be changed. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen and amen. You may be seated. All right, take your Bibles and look with me, please, in the book of Ezra. Look back to chapter 7. In chapter 7, notice verse number 6. In chapter 7, notice verse 6. This Ezra went from Babylon, and he was ready scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. And the king granted him all his requests according to the hand of the Lord his God was upon him. Now then, skip down to verse number 9. I caught some of you off guard, didn't you? You're still looking, wondering where pastor is. All right? I'm in chapter 7. Notice verse 9. For the first day of the Lord of the month, he began to go up from Babylon. On the first day of the fifth month, came to Jerusalem according to the good hand of his God upon him. And then look at verse 10 of chapter 7. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. He was a student of the Bible. Skip down to verse 28. Look at verse 28 and hath extended mercy unto me before the king and his counselors and before all the king's mighty princes, and I was strengthened as the hand of the Lord my God was upon me. The conclusion is the good hand of the Lord was on Ezra. Why? Because he sought the Lord. Have you been seeking the Lord? Have you been seeking the flesh? Come on. Entertainment, come on. Self-pleasure, uh, come on. We battle this all the time, and I know you're in this battle. It's difficult to seek the Lord in this sin-cursed world of ours, and the enemy's tempting us, and the enemy's drawing us away, and there are things distracting our mind. Like right now, right now, you're having a hard time listening, aren't you? You're having a hard time paying attention, aren't you? You're trying to, trying to process what I'm sharing, aren't you? I'll tell you why, because there's a lot of distractions today, a lot of things going on today. And it's very challenging to be a man of God or a woman to God today because of all that we face. But the good hand of the Lord, notice, and as we look today, the good hand of the Lord's blessings. I asked you earlier, will you run? Will you run? Not walk, run. And there might be somebody you need to get out of your seat and run to the altar. I want to run to Jesus. You know, we don't casually tip our hat to the King of glory. We bow before him in his presence. Run to him. Run, 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 run to Jesus. Don't just, hey, you know, because I'll be honest with you. How many know that God is not obligated to bless us? He's not obligated to put his good hand on us. It's of his mercy. It's of his grace. And listen, beloved, I love you. But if you and I take those blessings for granted, it's not good. But it's so easy to do that, isn't it? It's so easy to take our help for granted. Talk to me, somebody, Malcolm and, and over there and Bud. It's easy to take our help for granted. I mean, who would have thought, you know, I stood there yesterday at a funeral, preached a 56-year-old man's funeral, 11 o'clock. Um, two months ago, I stood out there in front of the church at the portico talking with this man. No idea that he'd die, and yet he did. I'm talking about the good hand of the Lord. I met with a family and had the privilege of sharing the gospel with them. The good hand of the Lord. Let me tell you something. God's been good to us. I said God's been good to us. And the sooner you acknowledge it and the sooner you start blessing the Lord. Hey, listen, can I go on record today as saying every single person in this place today should have brought a wheelbarrow full of gratitude and praise to the Lord because of his goodness. Your pockets ought to be overflowing with thanksgiving to God because God's been good to us. He really has. And he deserves praise. He deserves worship. He deserves our gratitude. You've been good to us, Lord. You know what grieves the Holy Spirit when we're not grateful to God? That's why I want to challenge you. Run, run to Jesus. Put your life in the hands of the Lord. I didn't ask you if you're saved because some of us are not really doing all we could be doing for the Lord. Some of us, I love you, and I'm your pastor, and I love you unconditionally, but some of us are getting slack. Slack with our love for the Lord. Slack with our Bible reading. Slack with our prayer life. Slack with our church attendance. Talk to me, somebody. And you know, we owe the Lord a lot. It's not legalism. Jesus said, 
about that woman been forgiven, he said this, forgiven much, loveth much. How much do you love Jesus? Do you really love him? <laughs> if you love him, it's going to show. It's going to show. And you can't outgive God, you can't outlove God, you can't outserve God. Look, if you want to stay in a state of complacency, the Lord will let us. He'll let us play church. He'll let us play religious. He'll let us go through the motions. He's not going to, but he has a way of getting our attention too. The good hand of the Lord's blessings. And notice, Ezra didn't bulk at God and say, I deserve it, God. Ezra got low in the dust. Can I suggest to you that we need to get low in the dust before the Lord? I know Americans don't want to hear that. We're proud, stiff-necked. Practically, most Americans are proud and stiff-necked when it comes to submitting to God. You know what I'm saying? It's true. We, 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 uh, I, he owes me. I'm, and then if we're not careful when we get in the church, we kind of feel like, well, God owes me. I went to church today, and <laughs> he don't owe us anything. I hope that will be clear to you and me. He doesn't owe us anything. We owe him a great debt of, of gratitude. And the sooner we learn that, the sooner the good hand of the Lord will bless us. I'm not saying it doesn't rain on the just and the unjust. Jesus made that clear, as I said earlier. Or I'm not saying that the sun doesn't shine on us. I'm not saying that, that we can't do things. I'm saying that extraordinary good hand of the Lord to be upon us as it was in the days of Ezra, the good hand of the Lord. Notice, then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before God. This is verse 21 of chapter 8, to seek of him, to seek of him. Are you seeking the Lord these days? Are you really running to the Lord? Run to Jesus. Run to him. Put yourself in his hands. You know what? I got a pen right here. This pen of itself can't write. This pen of itself really is not much use until what? You put it in the hands of the writer. And then... The pen yields to the hand of the writer. It becomes a useful instrument. And so it is with us and our God. Until we put our life in his hands and let him control us. The pen of itself is a pen. You can't deny that. A Christian is a Christian. But a real Christian with the good hand of the Lord's blessings will put his or her life in the hands of the Lord. Question, have you put your life in the hands of the Lord? Do you need to put your life in the hands of the Lord today? Why are you running from the Lord? <laughs> he loves you. He's got a blessing in store for you, the good hand of the Lord. Now, I need to tell you about Ezra because I hadn't told you about Ezra. Who was Ezra? When was he born? Where was he at? What's going on? How does this relate to us? Anybody know who Ezra was? He was a man that God raised up for a time such as that. The good hand of the Lord was on him. Jewish writings tell us, we don't know a lot about Ezra, but Jewish writings tell us he was born in 480 B.C. He lived to be about, to about the year 440 B.C. He died, evidently, and I'm not going to be uh, absolutely dogmatic about this, but you can figure the crunch the numbers, 480 to 440, he died at 40 years old. Who was this Ezra? Uh, he was a priest, he was a scribe, he was a student of the Bible. And what is he doing? Where is he at? How does this relate to us? You know where he's at? You know what's going on? I'll tell you. You know what God did to his own people? The Lord loves us, and the Lord loved Israel. What did the Lord do? How many of you ever had a spanking? Let me see your hand. Okay. God gave Israel a spanking. Why? Because they didn't obey him. Now, the Lord didn't do it because he hated Israel. The Lord did it because he loved Israel. What kind of spank am I talking about? He allowed them to be taken in captivity. For how long? 70 years. Why? Because they didn't do what God told them to do. The Lord loves us, but he's got a way of getting our attention too. Anyway, so they're taken in Babylon, the year 605 B.C., 599, 598, 597. And a great crowd, evidently some believe even Ezra was perhaps born in this time of frame. And then the Babylonian Empire fell. The Medo-Persian Empire arose. It's recorded in the fifth chapter of the book of Daniel, chapter 5. And here is the setting, historically, geographically. Let me explain Ezra. All right, historically, we're talking about the Persian Empire that overtook Babylon. Who is the king? Where are the Jews? Why did God allow them to go there? 
Again, 70 years taken from their homeland. How long was it? How far was it? How many miles was it? 530 from their homeland. Now, imagine you'd be taken 530 miles away from your homeland in captivity. The Jews, Israel, was taken there only for a predetermined time. Why? Because the Lord had a purpose. He said, I know the thoughts I think toward you, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. And by the way, that's Jeremiah 29, 11. So many people use that out of context. They don't even understand what it means, where they were at, who God's talking to. I like that verse too. But hey, truthfully and accurately, that's to Israel, and that is in regards to the chastisement of the Lord. And so he said, but I'm going to bring you back to the date, to the time. The clock began to tick, 70 years to the date. Now, we're not going to read Ezra chapter 1, but do you know what's in Ezra chapter 1? Do you know what king was ruling during Ezra's day? Do you know who prophesied about this king? Can I tell you who did? Can I tell you where he's at? He's in Persia. Do you know the king's name? Anybody know the king's name? The king's name is Cyrus. Do you know how long ago that he had prophesied? Does anybody know how many years this was prophesied? Anybody? How long? How many years was it this was prophesied about King Cyrus before the writing of Ezra? 200 years. 200 years was predicted. you know where it was found in the Old Testament? The prediction that Cyrus would be king? Anybody know where it was found? Isaiah chapter 44. And God's book is a book of prophecy. Aren't you glad? Hallelujah. And God was foretelling Cyrus. Listen, Cyrus is a king. He does not know the Lord. How many know the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water, and he turns it with us the way he will? Oh, the good hand of the Lord. And you know what God did? God stirred the heart of Cyrus. How many of y'all praying for President Joe Biden? How many of y'all praying? One, only one person in the house of God. Two, three. Rest of us, we need to run to the altar. Amen? Me included. Me included. It's easy to be critical. It's easy to throw rocks. But look, 1 Timothy chapter 2 says we're to pray for those in authority. How many of y'all need to get to the altar and pray? Man, I can get critical real easy. But you know what? We need the Holy Spirit when we get a bad attitude. Come on, talk to me, somebody. And God wants us to have an attitude of gratitude. It don't matter who's in charge. It doesn't matter who's the president. The Lord rules over everyone. Amen. You believe that? This means yes. This means no. Do you believe that? He does. Hallelujah. And therefore, I want to tell you, the hand of the Lord, the good hand of the Lord. Lord, bless us. Lord, bless us. Oh, Lord, bless us with your good hand. Why? Uh, Cyrus allowed 50,000 Jews to go back to their homeland. It's a fulfillment of what we call, the word is Aliyah. Say it with me. Aliyah. Say it with me. Aliyah. Look, I know it's hard to get everything pastor says. I just go not into nothing, and, and you can't take all this in. Some of you taking notes, and I appreciate that, because you can't take in what I'm sharing. Some go back to the video, and it helps review. It's hard for you to take in all that we're saying. You're used to sitting there listening and all that and processing some and throwing some out and receiving some. So I pray for you daily. Last night I was here walking around the church saying, Oh God, as we share, help me to communicate it uh, clearly. Help the people that are here to be focused. And God, your will be done. Help us, Lord, to yield to you as uh, a pen does to the hand of uh, a, a person who is the writer. Now, here's the rest of the book of Ezra. In the book of Ezra, 50,000 Jews go back to their homeland. 50,000 Jews go back to their homeland. And uh, why? To rebuild the temple. To rebuild the temple. That's exactly what they did. The good hand of the Lord was upon them. And they went back and they laid the foundation. However, 16 years later, the foundation was unfinished. Here is the setting of the book of Ezra. Now, fast forward. It was unfinished, the work of the Lord. Chapter 6 of the book of Ezra states there was a king. You know what the king's name? Darius. Say it with me. Darius. And Darius said, I'll let another crowd go back to rebuild the temple, but guess what? I'll even fund it. I'll give you some money to do the job. And guess what else? He said, I won't even put taxes on you. Somebody ought to say Amen. Praise the Lord. And, and so anyway, here's the setting. Uh, and, and so in Ezra chapter 8, here's the second remnant returning to their homeland. How many of them are in this crowd? Not 50,000. How many are there? 2,000. 2,000. 2,000. They return to Jerusalem. And listen, 
Here is the context, historically speaking, of the book of Ezra. And so Ezra goes back to his homeland to rebuild the temple. And thankfully it was finished in the opportune time. Number one, here's the uh, reference to the good hand of the Lord upon them. Now get the picture, 2,000 of them, they're going back. How far was it? How many miles? Thank you. Very good. You all are sharp. How long did it take him to get there? Thank you. Thank you. And it gives you an idea of the setting of this. We're not talking about down to Larry's Farway. We're not talking about down to Monticello, nine miles. 530 miles. 545. I mean, we're talking about, you know, uh, four months of traveling. And so get the idea here. And Ezra's saying, God, we need your blessings. Lord, we want your good hand on us and on our children and on our grandchildren. Yes, I've seen the Lord work in many families, and I praise the Lord for the good hand of the Lord that's on many families. And, and I want the good hand of the Lord, and I believe you do too as well. And so, why do you need the good hand of the Lord on you? Can I give you at least three reasons? Three reasons you need the good hand of the Lord. You may not realize it, you need the good hand of the Lord on you. You know why? Number one, the fear of death. The fear of death. How many know you're going to die? I'm going to die. I told you I stood there at a grave at a, a, a funeral home yesterday, Harwell Funeral Home, before a 56-year-old man who had died. And uh, I don't have to tell you. Uh, just what, four weeks ago, three weeks ago, a 52-year-old man, we had his funeral here. Uh, I don't have to tell you how brief life is. Life is but a vapor. How many know that? And I know you don't want to hear about it. I know you don't want to talk about it. I know you want to jam your mind with everything else rather than dying in death. It's a morbid subject. We don't want to talk about it until it happens. Until it happens. And then it's too late if you're not right with the Lord. It's too late if you don't make peace with God. It's too late to tell somebody you love them. It's too late at that point when they're gone. It's too late then. That's why we need the good hand of the Lord on us now. We need the good hand of the Lord. I talked with a 64-year-old lady last week, and here's what she said. She said, Pastor, I know I'm a Christian. I said, well, praise the Lord. She said, I'm not afraid of death, but she said, I am afraid of dying. And some of you are afraid of dying, aren't you? Have you thought about it? You know people in your family that have died, don't you? Here's what she meant by that. I said, what do you mean by that? She said, I'm afraid of dying because... I'm not afraid of death because I'm a Christian, but I've never been at that place where I'm dying. Here's what she said. She said, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to go through a whole lot of stuff before I die. The fear of dying. That's why we need the good hand of the Lord on us. You're going to die one day. You realize that, don't you, unless Jesus comes again? What's it going to be like? What's it going to be like when you and I cross over? I had a dear friend of mine die a while back, up in his 80s. And he died without any kind of insurance, no life insurance, nothing. Why am I saying that? He left the family with a great burden, a great grieving, and a great debt. A great debt to pay for all the funeral expenses and pay for everything. Wait a minute. I've read about something similar to that. It's over in the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, Solomon says in chapter 6, there's such a thing as an untimely death. See, we don't want to plan to die. It's appointed a man wants to die, but after this is the judgment. We don't want to plan to die, but it just happens. It just happens. And I told this lady, I said, listen, ma'am, as a Christian, I've been with too many people through these last almost 40 years and seen them die. I was with a man, I thought about him this week. Uh, it was back in 1983. I was with him at the hospital when he died. 
uh, we're talking about almost 40 years ago, and I watched him take his last breath. And, and numerous, numerous people, and I said to her, I said, listen, I'm not saying that you won't be in pain. I'm not saying that you won't suffer, but I am saying this. The Lord has promised to be with us even when we cross over. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We can trust God no matter what comes our way. Glory, glory, glory. Some of you need to unload your pockets full of praise right there. Ah, you didn't hear me. You need to get that wheelbarrow of gratitude to God and say, Lord, I thank you. I don't have to fear death. I don't have to fear dying. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I want to run to God today because I've been living in fear about death and about dying. Listen, beloved. If I wasn't a Christian, I'd be afraid of dying. And God knows he snatched me out of the gates of hell and uh, I'd have died and gone to hell before Jesus saved me. Oh, listen, beloved, I'd be afraid of going to hell. I'd be afraid of the lake of fire. I'd be afraid of burning forever and ever and ever out in eternity where the world does not die and the fire is not quenched and there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. But oh, on the contrast and the comparison, heaven's going to be a great place and heaven's a real place and we don't have to be afraid of dying. Can I tell you the second reason? You need the good hand of the Lord on you. Y'all hear me now. I'm trying to share it as loving as I can, seriously. The second reason, you need the good hand of the Lord on you. See, if you'll be honest now, let's don't play church. I didn't come to play church today. I want to be honest with God and honest with each other. Will you be honest with God today? The second reason that you need the good hand of the Lord, and I do, the fear of losing our health. How many of you today have seen a loved one lose their health whether it be old or young, a lady sat right over here, i never forget, 33 years old, right over here, right where Pam's sitting, over on the other side, 33 years old, sat in church for years. One day she got out in the refrigerator, opened the door, got out a milk carton, and it fell. She dropped it. A week or two later, found out she had a brain tumor. I visited her in the hospital, Rockdale County, 33 years old. Nancy Etheridge, I preached her funeral, 33 years old, sitting right down here. I'm just telling you, this is reality, okay? The fear of losing your health. You know, Brother Bud, talk to me, brother. We could listen to Brother Bud today. He'd have a message for all of us. The fear of losing your health. You need the good hand of the Lord on you to continue to keep you healthy. Somebody say amen. amen. You, you need to run to the altar. I need to run to the altar and say, oh, God, I don't deserve it. But, Lord, thank you for the health you blessed me with. Oh, God, I don't want to be ungrateful. I don't want to have a bad attitude. I don't want to feel like you owe me. I don't want to be negative, Lord. I want to bless you. I want your good hand on me. I want the world to know my Redeemer lives. I want to thank you for guiding me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for providing for me. Some ought to run to the altar today because God has been good to us and provided every one of our needs Amen. yes he has <laughs> praise the lamb he deserves praise he deserves glory not our wants but our needs yes thank you Lord the good hand of the Lord has been upon me I can look back and see whether he blesses me tomorrow or yonder I'm praying Lord your good hand will be on me the fear of dying the fear of losing our health. Watch this. You know why you need the good hand of the Lord on you? Y'all look up here just a minute, everybody, please. Everybody. Everybody look up here, please, just a minute. Thank you. How many of you honestly are afraid, tell me the truth, of, and you kind of really afraid that something's going to happen to your family members? Every one of us in here, every one of us in here, fear. And that's why we need, think about it now. You're afraid something's going to happen to your family, aren't you? That's normal. That's why we need the good hand of the Lord on us. 
Lord, I need your good hand. Lord, I need you. We're seeing right now, I'm testifying. There's a man right back here in the back, the Greenway. September the 6th, I got the call. September the 6th. I talked with his daughter, Missy, Bud Greenway, who's here today for the first time since the last of August. Here it is, November. I got a call on September the 6th. I called Brother Bud on September the 7th. He was rushed down to Macon Hospital Medical Center. That was on Tuesday. I talked with him. I could hardly understand him. Oxygen flowing. What'd you say? I said, Brother Bud, we love you, man. Praying for you. Thanks. And I hear the oxygen. Boom. We only talked a few minutes. I prayed with him. Wednesday, the next day, I got a text message from Missy. Bud's not doing, Dad's not doing good. Please pray for him. His oxygen level is dropping lower and lower and lower. Now, he's on 90% oxygen. And if he doesn't improve. He is going to be put on the ventilator. Please pray. Wednesday, Wednesday of that week, we gather together. Amen. How many believe there's power in prayer? Amen. Hallelujah. We gather together, and I shared that message that Missy sent me right in the middle of our prayer meeting. Let's pray for Brother Bud. And I'm not saying this for any other reason, Brother Bud. You know I've shared this with you. I don't want any credit or, or any attention. But the Lord burdened me two nights in a row to stay up for you and pray for you all night long. I couldn't sleep. I, my phone's right by me, and I'm looking at it all night long. And, I'm, and Missy's saying, he's going to be put on a ventilator. Bud would testify today. A nurse came in there and said, if you're put on that ventilator, you will not come off of it. Talk to me, Bud. He was that close. 90% oxygen on Wednesday night. Things were going down, down, down. But the Lord wasn't finished. <laughs> Somebody ought to be shouting right now. Somebody ought to be praising the Lord right now. Somebody ought to say, oh, God, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you, Lord. And then Thursday, I was sending texts to Buck, I mean to Bud, and uh, went to see him on Friday. Uh, but Thursday, he was uh, still not out of the woods. And uh, Bud would tell you, and I've talked with him extensively on this, and I went to see him on Friday, and he was still, he was still and remaining in ICU. And, and it was a touch-and-go situation, but God wasn't finished. The good hand of the Lord was on him. I wish I could tell you that everybody I've known have come out of ICU and didn't pass away, but I can't tell you that because I can tell you of case after case after case of some I've had the privilege of sharing at the funeral service, but the good hand of the Lord was on him and and the doctors and the nurses and everybody he was just a one breath away from a ventilator but God pulled him through and the Lord raised him up and the good hand of God has brought him here today with us thanks be to God praise the Lord forevermore for the good hand of the Lord is on us and we run to Jesus today we run and place our life our future our finances our family hey there's some of us today that need to run to Jesus today. Run to the altar and say, oh God, I've been afraid living in fear because of something could happen to my family, my children and grandchildren or something could happen to my health. Lord, I want your good hand on me. No matter what happens, I don't have to live in fear, praise God, because God's not given us a spirit of fear. Amen. The power and of love and of a sound mind good hand of the Lord may it be upon you and me why because we owe our Lord a great debt of gratitude I've already labored that I won't labor that anymore other than saying Jesus saved me he paid the price I couldn't pay oh yes I owe him I owe him I owe him oh no 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 don't misunderstand I cannot pay him back but what I can do and what you can is put your life in the good hand of the Lord. <laughs> yes, put your life in the good hand of the Lord. I'm bought with a price. I'm blood-bought, blood-washed. Have you put your life in the hands of the Lord? Do you need to do that today? We owe our Lord a great gratitude, debt of gratitude. 
Yes, this Thanksgiving is more than just turkey and dressing and sitting around the TV watching ball games. Hey, I want to challenge every one of us today that when we spend Thanksgiving like every day is Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving. Somebody said it's better to give thanks and not mean it than mean it and not say it. The good hand of the Lord. Yes, Lord, thank you. Is there anybody here in the house of God that would say, thank you, Jesus, for forgiving my sins, saving my soul, giving me a place in heaven. Thank you for the good hand of the Lord Jesus that jerked us out of the sin-cursed world, brought us into his marvelous light, inscribed our name in the Lamb's Book of Life, prepared for us a place where the builder and maker is God, where God's going to wipe away all our tears, and there's not going to be any more death, nor the sorrow, nor pain. The good hand of the Lord has been good to all of us today. Yes, the good hand of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Maybe there's some of you that feel a little awkward about praising the Lord. God help you to recognize and shout instead of pout. Oh, yes. Instead of whining, we ought to be shining. Oh, yes. You can make a choice to rejoice or choose to lose. Yes, the good hand of the Lord. I don't, I'm not ashamed of my Lord. Because notice what Ezra said, then we departed from the river of Ahava on the 12th day. They're traveling. We're not exactly sure where Ahava's at. It's speculation. Again, it took four months, 530 years, 530 miles. And the good hand of the Lord, as they traveled to Jerusalem, the hand of our God, hallelujah, was upon us. Yes, Lord, we want your hand on us. Lord, I want your hand on New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. Lord, I want your hand on every blood-washed blood child of God. Lord, we want your hand on our families. We want your hand on our grandchildren. We want your hand on our community. Lord, we want your hand on America. Amen. God, put your good hand of blessing on our nation. And then look what the Lord did. He delivered us from the hand of the enemy. Amen. Don't you like that? Amen. How many know we got an enemy? Amen. The world, the flesh, the devil. That's why you need the good hand of the Lord on you today. That's why you need to run to the altar today. That's why you need to say, Jesus, I want your good hand on me because the devil's out to ruin me. The devil's out to kill me. Now, I'm not going to go into detail, but some of you know from firsthand experience, the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. Oh, buddy, I want to tell you, he's not going to let up. He's not going to back up. He's going to continue relentless. Now, look at me, please. Listen, listen to me. And I'm preaching myself. There's no guarantee you or me won't fall tomorrow if it wasn't for the good hand of the Lord. Amen. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. No reservation, hesitation. He that thinks he stand, take heed lest he fall. If God takes his hand off of you or me, you will dishonor God. You hear me? You will dishonor God. You will shame the name of Jesus. You don't think you will? You find out. Outside of the grace of God, the good hand of the Lord, the Lord will show us what we really are. Nothing without Him. The good hand of the Lord. That's why we love you, Jesus. That's why we praise you, Jesus. That's why we need you, Jesus. That's why we worship you, Jesus. That's why we serve you, Jesus. That's why we want everybody to know about the good hand of the Lord. Now, I wish I didn't have to tell you all this. But as I reflected on the good hand of the Lord, the blessings of God keeping us from the enemy, even at the point of death, absent from the body present with the Lord, It's a privilege to pray for people. Inevitably, about every Sunday or throughout the week, every day, somebody will say, Pastor, pray. Please pray for me. I need a job. Okay. Pastor, pray, pray for me. I, I, I'm sick. I'm, I'm, I need healing. I've I got surgery. i got cancer. Whatever. Whatever the case is. Pray for me. And as I thought back, not everyone, but many of the people that ask for prayer, once God gives them a blessing, once God heals their body, once God gives them a material blessing, a house, once God gives them a job, then you don't see a hide of hair of them from that point on. Is that biblical or what? 
there are ten lepers that come to Jesus. And only one comes back to thank him for healing. Did y'all read that? We owe the Lord a great debt of gratitude, don't we? I do. <laughs> I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking about me. Oh, me. Yes, count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Claude McGee said this. Claude McGee said, by the way, thanks, Pam. This is a wonderful decoration I just kicked over. <laughs> Claude McGee told me this. He said, Brother Randy, I drove a transfer truck for years and years and years. He retired from driving a big 18-wheeler. He said, Brother Randy, do you know where Unadilla, Georgia is? I said, what? He said, do you know where Unadilla, Georgia is? Yes, I know where Unadilla, Georgia is. It's right on the other side of Perry, Georgia, where we went to school and graduated. He said, I was driving down the road in Unadilla, right at Unadilla, Georgia, on I-75 in my 18-wheeler. He said, all of a sudden, boom, the tire blew out on my 18-wheeler. He said, I swerved off the road. I couldn't control the tr truck. It hit the embankment, hit the uh, concrete uh, area. He said, it just went, uh, it just went, I mean, out of control. It just went out, and it just, I don't know how far he went, hitting things, rolling over and all of that stuff. He said, but Brother Randy, he said, Pastor, the state patrol, when they came and investigated the scene, they said, we don't see how anybody could come out of this wreck looking at the mangled mess of your truck. Anybody could come out alive. And Claude said, as he looked at me and smiled, he said, it was the good hand of the Lord that was on me. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Let's stand now to our feet. Ask God to help us to put our life in his hands. There's some that need to do it for the first time. Others need to just put your family, as Ezra said, our substance, our material possessions. Oh, thank God for his blessings. We don't worship our blessings. We worship the Lord and thank him for the good hand of the Lord is on us. And often, if we take them for granted, we begin to lose one by one, and then we recognize it's the good hand of the Lord that's been on us. Father, thank you, oh Jesus, for your good hand. We need your good hand of blessing on your church in New Rocky Creek. We need your good hand of blessings on our marriages and families of oh God on this community, on this nation, yea, on this world. Move on our hearts now. Help us to run to you. Put our life in your hands. To have the good hand of Jesus on us today. And on our families. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.